0: the C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T dot com. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody in Teacherland. Welcome back to episode 18 of Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols. You will not want to miss this conversation with veteran teacher, Jill Cola, as she gives us her best advice for new teachers or anyone changing schools. Jill is a native of Cincinnati, Ohio. She's been a master teacher and has over 35 years of elementary teaching experience. And indeed, her superpower is creating a classroom of safety and structure and connection. In this episode, Jill shares why it's so important to find that one person that you can really be yourself with, either inside or outside of school. Why the beginning of the school year is so important to create those kinds of systems of structure and connection with your students. And Jill also shares what worked for her. This conversation is practical and it's usable, and even as we launch off, perhaps into the summer, you will want to listen to this again before heading back to school. Enjoy this very thoughtful conversation with Jill Cola. Welcome to Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols. And in this episode, I have an amazing guest, Jill Cola. She is a veteran teacher and she's going to talk to us today about advice for new teachers or anyone early on in their career. Jill, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks, Chrissy. I'm so happy to be here with you. So just give us a sense of how long you've taught and your story
1: with education. Well, I started teaching in Dallas Independent School District in 19. 1985. 84, I think, is when I graduated from Ohio State. So I probably started then for two years, came back to... Then I'm actually from Cincinnati, and I went back to Cincinnati, taught a year at a small district, Newport Independent School District, just one year. Then I took a year off and did my master's in administration, got a principal certificate, never used it. But that's another story for another time. I then went to another very small district, Saint Bernard de la Place, spent twenty years there, taught anything from first to sixth grade, and then I ended my career at a small, another small district called Cincinnati or um, Marymont City Schools, and taught fifth grade at the very end. So thirty-five years, and I taught anywhere from first to sixth grade. And what? Did you love? You're now retired, newly I am retired. Newly retired. I retired during COVID. That was a sad time, but June of 2020 was my ending time. And what did you love about teaching? There's so many things that I love about teaching. But as anybody would say, if you're going into teaching, it's because of the kids. So the students are really what makes you, and you can have those students who kind of just drive you crazy, but you just adore them. So what I really love is just that relationship building Did it individually with the students, but also watching the classroom community come together just that first day when we're all super nervous i include it and the students and then that last day when there are tears from all of us it just it's a, such an amazing journey to watch students go on whether they're first grade or sixth grade it doesn't really matter and i would think high school teachers would stay the same so this is, of course, a conversation
0: about advice for new teachers, but do you have any particular or specific advice about how to create that classroom connection? How to create that chemistry that, like you said, you know, they all come in as their own individual beings. Mm-hmm. And then you create this class cohesion. You create this class character. And I know that's one of your zones of genius. You're so good at it. You know exactly
1: how to do it. How, how do you think you did that? there's probably a lot of different ways, but for me, the biggest thing was to see the kids every morning as they walked in my classroom. So like the students were allowed at 8 15 to come into the building. And that wasn't always the case. We used to meet them outside and I would always go out a little early, say hi to the parents, say hi to the kids. But then we switched it and we had to be in at our you know ready for the students. And I know a lot of teachers would just sit at their desk and be on the phone, but for me to be in that doorway and whether it was a hand on their shoulder or a smile or Whatever, it's just getting to know them, and sometimes the kids would—I think they would try to sneak in without me—and I would walk in the building, I walk into my classroom, and we're like, oh, "Joey, how did you get in here without saying good morning to me?" And and then he would just laugh, and and he. But, you know, just that connection and, you know, finding out about the soccer game and the basketball game or whatever they were doing, the dance recital, just making the video game, whatever they were into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just have to make some sort of connection. Otherwise, if they don't trust me with information, then they're not going to trust me to teach them. And so if we don't have some sort of link And sometimes you have to really, really dig to find that. But that's the magic of teaching is you just got to
0: keep at it. You said something so important. And I think especially in the elementary school years, I learned my brain would tell me, oh, I don't have time to do that. I've got to get to page whatever. Yes. But I really found the difference of when I didn't take that extra minute or I didn't connect with them eyes to eyes, heart to heart or use their name. Mm hmm. I didn't create the same kind of connection. And in in the end, that saved me time.
1: Yes. And there's, you know, there's so many different programs about, you know, how to run your classroom and all of that love and logic, responsive classroom. And for me, it was just taking little nuggets from each one, but response, that worked for you. Yes. And worked in my classroom. Yeah. But those first two weeks, and actually it's really six weeks, I think responsive classes, Classroom even has a book called like the first six weeks of school, but really just setting those guidelines for your classroom. And then when that all works and building those relationships, we're not with just between myself and the students, but between student and student mm-hmm. also. And then when that gels. Oh, my gosh, there's the amount of information and things that you can do with a what I always say, a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids love to have structures and schedules, and it just makes life a little bit easier if they know what to expect. They crave those structures, don't Uh. they? They're calling for those structures. Right. And I think it makes them feel safe. Yeah. And how, you know, how do we use markers in the classroom? You know, how do we use these tools that we're going to use all year? And it's almost like I would even with the little kids, I would put like a box of markers in a wrapped gift and one kid would open it. And then we would all learn how we hear the snap on the markers or just every tool that we used. I've showed them how we were going to use it. So such clear expectations mm-hmm. to create that loving classroom.
0: Another thing you said I think is so key, some of us are such perfectionists out there. Mm. And we think, oh, if I didn't do the exact love and logic or if I didn't go through the critical friends course, I can't do it. And what I am hearing you say is you took
1: what worked for you. hmm yeah. And I I do think it's helpful if the school has a common language. Yes. And so whatever program or whatever you decide structure, you decide as a building. I think that's important. Yes. And um, but then you can make that in your classroom work for you. Yeah, I love and, it. And your students because the students are different every year. So it doesn't matter if one thing worked one year, it doesn't mean it's going to work the next year. You have worked, I know,
0: informally and very formally as a mentor to yes. young and new teachers, teachers starting out uh-huh. in your 35 years of amazing wisdom. What are the major pieces of advice uh-huh. that you would give to teachers just starting out for success?
1: There's a couple of things. The first thing that I... Um, because I have mentored a lot of teachers and actually was in charge of that program and a couple of the school districts that I worked in. But the biggest thing that I always tell young, ki- young kids, young teachers is know the secretary, <laughs> make sure that you know that person by name and, Stop and say hello to them every morning. People, teachers just breeze in and think they're going to, you know, the secretary's just there to wait on them. Bring bring her a flower, bring her a cup of coffee or whatever. Know that she or he knows that you see them. Yes. The second is the custodian. Mm-hmm. So like we had, and most elementaries will have like one custodian there for the day. That's right. But then you also have the night custodians. That's right. And so, and if you have to know them, and even if you're, I know we're talking to teachers, but it doesn't matter what business you're in. If you don't know the people who are cleaning up after you, opening the door for you, or doing things that you probably don't even know about, then shame on you. Because you need to know them by name because they are actually janitor and secretary. They're running the school. A hundred percent. so you need to... You need to have them on
0: your side. I extend that to anyone who works in the lunchroom. Yes, yes. Anyone who does the recycling, anyone that makes the school
1: really run. Yeah, and especially your teacher aides. They get paid nothing, and many of them are just angels. I mean, they're just amazing people, and they work so well and so hard for absolutely little money, no money at all. The other thing when you're first is you've got to find – your people. And that just, hopefully they're on your grade level, but they may not be. And you just need to find somebody who you can go into their room, you can close the door, and you can say, I have had an awful day. And I just need to just chat. And then then you, you're you done. I always say you got to vomit over, you know, just let it all out. So you just have to find those people. And sometimes they may not be in your school. And I, I'm sorry about that. But if you can't find them, then find somebody. Yeah. You know, Twitter is, you know, just find somebody. Go to a conference. Somebody who teaches your same thing and that you can just be with them and they know you and they know your struggles. And they're in the trenches with you. Yes. Yes. Jill, that is
0: such great advice. Pearls of wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I just love your podcast. <laughs> so awesome thank you okay that was jill cola with words of wisdom for our teachers out there have an amazing day everybody we'll see you next time thank you for listening to today's episode teacher friends if this podcast speaks to you please share it share teacher talk with one teacher or administrator or educator in your life To continue the conversation and have life-changing tools and resources sent directly to your inbox, join my weekly newsletter, Teacher Talk, at www.thechrissyconcept.com. That's the, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T.com. There, you can also book a consult with me. That's a one-on-one conversation to see if coaching might be just what you're looking for. Sometimes one call is all it takes. Have a great day in and out of the classroom, my friends. We'll see you next time.